Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast. For your source of discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join our host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot or KP, and Lyle Convoy or Lyle Manbad. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of Animation Communication with just me, not Lyle, because Lyle's a, a busy guy. So with me today I have Joe who does Joe things. Hi, Joe. Who are you? Tell me about your your internet, the things you do on the internet, generally. Hey, yes. So I'm Joseph Holmes. Joseph as in the Bible and Holmes as in Sherlock. I am a film critic and podcast host, relig- uh, film critic for Religion Unplugged and podcast host of The Overthinkers, where we talk about all sorts of fun things, culture, art, faith, and just it's all about having fun thinking deeply. And I'm really excited here to talk to my friend Rachel. It's been it's been a minute. Yeah, tell the audience what shows you've been on in the past in case they don't remember or they're new to the program and they want to get used to you in the context of me. Yeah, so we were just talking before the episode. I've been what I was on of like really early days. So I was on your one of your ones where you were, I don't remember the episode titles, but where we were talking about your history with John Delancey, and then the one we were talking about your very difficult history with internet bullying. So yeah, I was on those in the early days to so my use my star power to help get you started on the podcast space, clearly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> specifically, he's referring to the, the John Lancey one is called Should We Meet Our Heroes? Mm, yeah, that's right. And then the other one is Fandom versus Religion, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we were doing yeah. the comparison of how the crazy stuff that fans can do and the crazy stuff that religious people can do and how they're kind of related psychologically and such. Right, right. It's been a minute, but this episode is kind of related back to that. And also we needed new episodes and we needed people to come on that are not toxic. So Joe <laughs> lives happens to live in Manhattan, which is a city where Woo! people are from a lot of different cultures are kind of con- not, I guess, used to. Yeah, we're used to running into each other. and Being and, civil. You know, yes, civil and friendly. Right, right. Despite differences. So um, I thought that would be an interesting conversation to have as far as just kind of approaching those spaces, because when dealing with trolls, I guess in my experience, but in the general vernacular of the word, I suppose, if that's what we want to call it, trolls will kind of deflect using biblical quotes, Mm. and they'll just kind of have toxic tendencies by um, pushing their beliefs on other people. It's happened to me a lot where, you know, if I... I'm pretty candid and open about my trauma because most people were there to see it. It's not something that was a private event, unfortunately. So I'm pretty open if people bring it up in like casual conversation. And I've been told more than I would like to about Jesus and how I should read about Jesus. And as a Jewish person, I am culturally Jewish, but I'm not really particularly practicing as as they say in Jewish culture. It's just if you're practicing or not. So I'm kind of like on the fence about yeah. everything agnostic <laughs> yeah. would be the word you know because yeah. you know I think that's just kind of a general mindset I mean Joe knows more about religion in general but that's a general mindset that people with a lot of harsh experience sometimes can mm-hmm. absolutely 
can can develop so yeah so when but it's always been a thing where even before this when I was a kid and teenager and even in college people would be like hey would you like a free bible and I'm just like no I am I'm Jewish and I don't I'm not really interested in your Jesus right now thank you sir so I'm um, happy with my religion I don't need to change to your plan I know your plan you know is uh 1099 and allows me to eat beef but I'm good with mine for now thanks so I thought it this would be an interesting conversation to have because I am pretty um I know general Christian beats um as far as the story of Jesus but I I Joe and I always joke that my knowledge of the Jesus story was like that episode of Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> the the story lord comes back episode but they do like a like a subplot of the jesus plot and i'm just like that's all i know who's why are there two marys there's mary magdalene and there's another mary and but mary's a virgin but she's not a virgin because she was married before she had jesus but i don't know how any of this works but um i've also studied in college i studied the renaissance i had a whole curse about renaissance art and history and how the interesting relationships between the artists and the um the church and how you know uh, people would use those relationships to kind of build themselves to make sure they got into heaven because it seemed like a very much more transactional like if you do good thing get you get a heaven point if you don't do good bad if you do bad thing you get you don't get a heaven point so historically the churches had the power so that's the interesting relationship but people also don't understand that um that's that does technically count as fan art you know the 16 chapel is technically fan art but yeah i'll open the floor to you joe so what is your general experience with being christian and then what is your experience Experiences when you deal with kind of not necessarily Christian specifically, but toxic people that kind of push their beliefs or we can dance around a little bit about both sure, the, the, the general political beliefs too, but you know, it's sure, sure, yeah. because you live in a place where that stuff doesn't fly as easily as if you're the, you know, the only Jewish person in town or whatever. So Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, every 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 place has their has their political and cultural baseline taboos. And so New York is no different. It it happens to go one way where those other places go another. But yeah, you know, I grew up like if you want to talk about like how Christian like you grow up experiencing Christian are you? How, how many Christian are you? Do you have your Christian exactly. do you have your Christian back black belt yet? There you go. I said it. I like to, I like to think that I'm somewhere in the in the green belt range, but regardless, <laughs> my like I was raised the son of two ordained ministers. So like my mom and dad both met at seminary bonding over their love of Jesus and <laughs> their <laughs> their mutual suffering. And then they go, they got married and they had, you know, me and my sister and the, I grew up and some of my, and I know this is, this is going to definitely expose me, but I grew up, some of my most happy memories are of sitting at the dinner table with my whole family and just talking about how theology and God connect to whatever movie that we watched as a family. <laughs> so again, just- and I. I never think about that stuff because I like to think about things like from a general perspective. So that's just a more of a line of how Joe's kind of, you know, own mental psychologically was molded in, in the shadows. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, well, that's the thing is, you know, for, from, you know, a secular perspective, you know, what you want to think about is, okay, how does this relate to life and existence and stuff like that? And of course, from the Christian perspective, at the bottom of all existence is God. And so mm -hmm. the 
getting kind of formed to think in that way is definitely, again, I can't, I can't hide it. Like that's how, what my upbringing was. And again, if you listen to my podcast, like, again, it's, it's a joke at this point, you know, like almost every episode, you know, comes back down to and the ultimate, you know, answer at the bottom of all these questions is God, is Jesus. And so, you know, um, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, definitely check out the Overthinkers yeah, I, podcast. Yeah, I wonder when I'm going to be on that podcast, Joe. Oh, like... <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know. Sometime. We'll, we'll talk about it. But, but the at the end in any case so yeah that's definitely my my growing up I grew up again so again son of a preacher you know my my dad was more the practicing and my mom did more of the taking care of um my sister and myself but my dad yeah so, so like son of a preacher I was ensconced you know most of my best friends growing up were people I met at church particularly since I was homeschooled. So definitely full in that community. And then I went to a Christian college in New York City. And of course, like part of the reasons I chose a Christian college in New York City is because I wanted, since it was like my first big break away from my family, I wanted a place that would not be a total culture shock. But I also wanted to be in New York City because I didn't want to be somewhere where I was just in another bubble. Yeah, you were secretly (laughs) Spider-Man. Exactly. Yes. Don't like, you know, I, I, I didn't think I, well, Did my, I expose I wasn't, you on a podcast. I wasn't hoping exclusive? that this would be my, I wasn't hoping this would be my way of like coming out <laughs> to everyone as a, as a superhero, but I guess everybody's Spider-Man it, now. If someone called the day, the daily bugle, man, we got the exclusive <laughs> scoop right here. It's fine. Everybody's Spider-Man now. So it's, it's not a big deal. So yeah, anyway. And yeah, I again, I've gotten a chance to, you know, again, as I've gotten a chance both growing up in, you know, a Christian family, in Christian communities, and then being in New York City and being in a lot of secular communities, I've gotten a chance to see different kinds of ways of being Christian and different kinds of ways of being non-Christian and dealing with Christianity. I mean, my first, my literally my first year at King's is when I met Rachel. We had a mutual friend who also went to the King's College and she introduced us and then we were friends ever since. And so I've, you know, and, and there's definitely like, you know, different types of Christians. Like there's the Christians who are like super into their faith and really just want everyone to be Christian and want, you know, to their big dream in life is to be part of God's project of bringing the kingdom of God on earth to, which is a, you know, a way of a kingdom of justice and peace and freedom and all that stuff, at least as we understand it. And then there's Christians who are like, this is a part of my identity, but I, my project is really about self-discovery and in a more secular kind of sense. Right. And there's, and then there's, you know, there's, there's non-Christians who are like, I really hate this religion stuff, I don't want anything to do with it. And then there are people who are just like, eh, it's fine, whatever, if that's good for you. But like, again, I'm I'm good kind of thing. Like, it's like being religious, like being vegan or something, you know? Right, right. And I imagine the, the second option, the first option you mentioned, as far as making it their project to have, to have heaven on earth can lead to some problematic tendencies without really kind of bringing up the N-word, not, the, not that <laughs> N-word, the, um, the, the, the fascist N-word. Gotcha, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so well, that that's interesting because so there are two kinds of Christians who like make being Christian a big part of their personality. And what I think is interesting about that, so like there's two things. There's 
so when I looking at a toxic Christian, what I, f- I find certain things in common. So yeah, you, when you talk about the toxic Christian that says, oh, I'm going to try to mold somebody into my image or try to force them to be- engage in behaviors that, you know, I- I'm going to, I'm going to troll people. Like you said, like you're describing people who troll people and who do hate speech, do, you know, mean, engage in mean, harassing, bullying behavior, basically people who engage in bullying behavior and then saying, but I can do this because God said that this is how you should behave. No. (laughs) Typically, typically what I find, so is they tend to have certain things in common. Most, and they typically have the things in common that are with like most toxic people in general. And what I understand the consensus of what toxic person is, generally speaking, is- Oh yeah, I was going to even touch on that. Like, what is your definition of a toxic person? Just so we're on the same page. Yeah. Because my definition of the toxic person is basically someone who is what feels like they are personally without fault. And mm. if they maybe make a decision that is unethical or, you know, not even, even with the consent of, without the consent of another party, mm. they get defensive. They refuse to take responsibility. They make it someone else's problem. And usually those people have a tendency like they can't ever view themselves in a negative light so they have to kind of I don't want to say the word gaslight because that's kind of an outside exaggeration but they have like they they they're like I am a good person like they're so self-conscious and so afraid to admit that they made a mistake that they gravitate that to oh if I say I made a mistake or even lied even if it's a white lie then suddenly I'm a bad person they can't really handle that reality so they make it everyone else's problem whether it be on the internet or not and I try try my best dealing with a lot of the situations I've been dealing with lately to just lay out the evidence and say hey here's the evidence here's our this is the objective discussion of whatever the thing is feel free to make your own conclusions like I, I'm not really there to convince anyone. I'm just saying, hey, this is what we had to deal with. Like in like an example sure. in regards to the this the Discord server, because we have to put out safety reports on people that are right. not doing good things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a no, I think those are all great. I, I would say I define a toxic person as somebody who tries to get what they want by engaging in behavior that's harmful to themselves and others. Yeah. And as you said, refuses to take responsibility for those distorted desires and behaviors and working and won't work on themselves to improve them. Mm-hmm. That's largely how I what I how I define a toxic person. Then additionally, if I'm putting sorry, a Christian, sort of as a the Christian version of that to me the christian version of that what i've observed mm-hmm. is that a toxic christian is somebody who uses their christianity to empower them to engage in behavior get try to get what they want in a way that harms themselves and harms others and won't take responsibility for that mm-hmm. so that's and so that's that's typically what i find is a with toxic christianity is they just like all of us they have things that they want and they decide that they're going to use, and they haven't done the inventory to say, is the stuff I want actually good for me and good for other people? Or is the way I'm going about it a way that could be harmful to me or harmful to other people? And uh, maybe I should work on that. And said, no, I'm just going to not take inventory on myself and instead just use 
whatever I can find in the Bible to whack other people as a weapon to get what I want. Yeah. On the flip side, I see a healthy Christian as somebody who engages with their faith as primarily a project to grow in themselves to become a more healthy person so that they only want things that are good for themselves and good for others and they want to go about that in the right way and they take a responsibility to be transformed in that way. And yeah, that's always kind of the um, the construct is for in in the Jewish faith, we have to kind of lead by example. We don't have someone who's saying like, we don't have the Jesus figure who's just saying, oh, I love everyone because we like the historical documents paint a God who, you know, was kind of didn't tolerate anyone's, they didn't tolerate, he didn't tolerate anyone's crap. And the biggest- and follow me, you're on this side of the street that's not going to collapse. If you're not with me, then I'm going to just, the, the, this I'll side just, of the street is going to fall and just, you know, eat you or swallow you up. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just send a flood. I'll just make you guys drink the golden calf. It's, it's, it's fine. No, no skin off my bone. So that's kind of the general um, Old Testament God. So Jewish people usually kind of have a a general sense, in my experience, a more general kind of like, hey, you know, maybe like that wasn't the best plan. Like they'll more be open to kind of question that stuff on hindsight versus just kind of accept it factually, hmm. if that makes sense. I can see that. So, and that's kind of the famous rabbis of the Jewish, you know, religion will kind of, I don't know if we've discussed this directly or on this podcast specifically, but they'll, they'll have famous interpretations where they'll like go through the, the Torah, which is the Jewish version of hmm. the, the Old Testament, essentially, plus some, no, no, they just, it's just at Old Testament. Yeah. And yeah. they'll leave their own interpretations based on how they view you know their read their their read yeah. their analysis on specific religious events and mm -hmm. you know there's multiple different interpretations and those are all kind of valid and known and if like you know that's why you know general jewish educators will quote different rabbis regarding different things mm -hmm. depending on whatever interpretation sits with people the best because you know that was always a thing with passover and just so everyone knows that is something that is that is heavily or not heavily, but just kind of lightheartedly discussed as far as the, as God killing the firstborns, as far as the fast, the Passover story about how, hey, those are innocent children as well. You know, like it was kind of a means to an end, but still it was innocent parties. That sure. wasn't kind of totally PC there, God. So, you know, I don't know where I was going with this, but that's no, but kind it, of if the general, the general vibe is that, you know, and, and the Jewish experience, education is very valued. So it's yeah. dependent on, the individual. That's why you kick all of our butts in, you know, in 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 the uh, in in society. Hey, hey, that's still racist, but it's positive racism. <laughs> How dare you on my own podcast? But it's but it's statistically accurate. Yeah, and that's and Jewish people aren't necessarily smarter, but that's just a cultural no. thing. No, yeah, it's not it's not biological. It's not yeah. racial. It's just you guys have you know culturally do education better. <laughs> there's more of an emphasis on that so like yeah. you know it was never in my in my growing up it was never a question of whether I was going to go to college I was always going right. to go to college and before I knew what I graduated from college and then I got continuing education at art school because you know I needed 
you know, I, it was just easier right. for me to learn, learn in a school setting. It still is. So. Yeah, no, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, you bring up an interesting point, and this is maybe slightly off topic, but it's a really interesting point you point out in terms of the differences in sort of uh, Jewish and Christian communities, at least the American ones that we have most experience in, is that because as Christians, we have Jesus, as you will point out, and he we consider to be the definitive interpreter of the Old Testament or the Torah. So he does a lot of interpreting. He's like, what does this, is the right way to look at this? We have a lot more, there's a lot less debate about how to interpret it and a lot more, well, look at Jesus and say, how would he interpret it and how is he to interpret it? That's a lot more where uh, the conversation goes. Now, there are still lots of different interpretations. Like again, there's the, the conservative versus liberal sort of spectrum on it, but there it's still always going back to Jesus. Well, how would he have us interpret it? And it's interesting, demographically, it tends to be that the communities that interpret it in more, let's say, a more uh, liberal way, and I mean theologically liberal here, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, okay, in when we're religion, we're talking about theologically conservative and liberal, we mean more like literal interpretation versus metaphorical interpretations. Conservative tends to be more literal interpretation, and liberal tends to be more. Yeah, uh, this is the woke episode of the the, the animation communication <laughs> podcast. So we're trying to just do generalizations as yeah. far as you know political. just for people who are not super versed in in all these conversations who have some of the terminology i promise we'll, we'll 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 link this back to fandom near the end but you yes. know yeah. <laughs> but yeah so so it's i am not a, so, i'm not a christian so i don't know the christian the, that that's why joe yeah. is here he can, he can talk <laughs> he can translate to christian the things, yeah. the Christian things. But, but I also say, they, another thing is that I, I want to say, just because I do want us to be able to get there, and I'll say is there's, an, there's another way, well, so I'll say a couple things. One is that the interesting thing is, and it is that I would always ask somebody, if if you're dealing with a troll online who is starts throwing Bible verses at you, I one thing I would suggest you do as an interesting, at least sociological experiment is ask, <laughs> is ask them how many times a month they go to church. Because there are a really interesting collection of studies that have come out. Well, they've been out for a long time, but they've only started to get publicized recently about how typically that the men in America who are least likely to engage in things traditionally associated with toxic masculinity, such as violence, such as low, low emotional intelligence and emotional acceptance, all those things. The people, men who are least likely to engage in toxic masculinity uh, symptoms or behaviors. They or, and or have the definitional term of incel, which is basically someone sure. who makes the fact that they, I don't want to go into, well, yeah, sure. let's not define but, incel, yeah, but, but you can Google it anyway, but yeah. continue. So they, they're the least likely to engage in those, have those symptoms or engage in those behaviors are evangelical Christian men who go to church more than, or three times a month or more. And the ones who are most likely to have symptoms of toxic masculinity are the evangelical Christian men who go to church less than three times a month. And so the, the upshot of that is, is you have people who have just enough religion to, again, use it to as a weapon to get things they want, but not enough religion that it's actually transforming them. Like they haven't listened to Jesus' words where he says, hey, if you have power and authority over other people, you have to use it 
in order to benefit them, not to exploit them. Like, you know, and so that's why, again, again, I want people, I would love this to be a meme online. If people start using a Bible verse to bash people, it's like, just have all the comments be, how many times a month do you go to church? Mm -hmm. Because in that case, you're talking about people who are using it as an identity without actually engaging in the practices, right. which is something that Jews actually, again, I, as, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the practices are a lot more emphasized as being part of the identity as sometimes it is in the Christian community. Right, right. Um, it's it's very subjective, especially in reform communities, as far as, you know, because as like in my experience, which we talked about on your job podcast. Which yes, was, Religion Unplugged podcast. Yeah, yeah. The, so uh, I was yeah. on that like a month ago, if you want to look it up, if you care. But um, in my experience, a lot of people, a lot of the reformed Jewish communities with people with families specifically wouldn't get in, would start getting involved once they started to have a family of their own. But, yeah. you know would kind of fall out of it as their children got older. So it wasn't really about participating as an individual, but mm. also participating, you know, again, this is individual by individual, but um, yeah. I, I'm sure there's stats to support this, put it that way, yeah. that, you know, they get involved as far as the educational aspects of their children. And once their children grow up, then it, they, they kind of like, it's important for them to expose their children to Jew, the yeah. Jewish faith and the Jewish customs, but that's not really per to, to say like what the children want. So it's fine yeah. when you're a child and you're doing like, like you're doing fun things around the holidays and yeah. you know but as you grow up you're just like uh, okay I don't, I, I'm not really like yeah. yeah not to touch too much of my experience but like I kind of feel isolated right with these people that I don't really know in like in any other context maybe I need to have a say in you know my my Jewish education or lack of there yeah. or you know whatever like after you know after you get like like 10 even mm. or eight then you kind of like okay i know all the holidays i know the costumes i'm, I'm good i got it i got it so yeah so uh, on the flip side like i'm saying like you know the one thing that the jewish communities tend seem to do tend to do really well is the practices and the communal aspect of it right but what often is lost in your experience is the individual aspect of it it's like oh i i believe this and i want to make this an important part of my individual identity right. whereas in christianity in america there tends to be a sort of the the opposite sort of problem where community is a little bit lacking and the practices are a little bit lacking, but people really take it on as an individual identity. Right, right. And kind of what I've experienced too is they just kind of make it their mission to educate other people about Jesus, whether when it's not their place, frankly, and it's not the space to do so. Sure. And that's kind of always been something that that rubs me the wrong way because like when we were kids, we lived next to a Mormon family and they would send missionaries to our door and we had to politely say, hey. We don't claim the Mormons, by the way, just to <laughs> let you know, the Christians so are like, they're, they're, I mean, this is, and I don't, I, I know Mormons. I, I love you guys, but there is this, and you know, you know this if you're a Mormon. There is this relation between Christians and Mormons, where it's like Mormons, like we're just like them, and the Christians, like, no, you're not. <laughs> we, do, they do not sit with us. So anyway, but that, that's just as, as a, an aside. Go ahead. Yeah, but like, um, in my experience, the Mormons, generally speaking, have a literally read on the Bible, and so the relationship I had with the neighbors, or from my experience, because again, I was a child, is they were very that we were going to hell and they were trying to save our souls by sending missionaries to our house multiple times to save our souls and my mom had to eventually say hey uh please stop doing this uh we're good so you know it's just kind of a and i think that's more like they seem like they were um they well-meaning well-meaning but they've 
it's it's just because we didn't live in a in an area that was highly populated with Jewish people that they were just like, oh, the you know we we have Jewish yeah. neighbors. Whoa! I thought everyone believed in Jesus. Whoa! And I'm just like. Yeah, so that's that's the other that's the other side of it. Yeah, so the 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 most toxic people are the people I described earlier. But there is another way of sort of being toxic, if you want to call it that, as a Christian, and and that is that you're well-meaning. It's like you really like you love Jesus and you believe that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And because of that, you really want to save these other people who are lost without Him. And mm. it's it's kind of like again, I live in New York. It's kind of like in New York. If you tell people that you're not going to therapy and everybody is just like, guy, you have to go to therapy. You have so many things screwed up about you that you don't understand and don't know about. And if you just went to therapy, then things would get better for you and you would stop being so toxic. And and then there are people, again, like even if you like you're friends with them, like every time you talk to them, they're going to bring up, you should go to therapy. And again, I'm a pro therapy guy, but it's like, I'm a pro therapy guy. Like I go to therapy myself and, you know, on my podcast, we talk about the benefits of therapy all the time but it is that thing where it's like they where if you are convinced in of somebody's self being self-destructive and you care about them you do want to and you have know what it is that's actually going to cure not maybe not all but many of their problems you are really can be really overzealous about making sure they get they get that help that you believe they need the problem is of course as anybody knows being that kind of person to convince somebody to do that doesn't work <laughs> right um, right and when you say that i'm just like oh no because i said go to therapy is like a meme at this point so you know <laughs> without you know having that context but you know in my ex- experience especially in the online spaces people have you know whether it be autism or whatever they don't have again i don't say that dismiss dismissively i just no. say that as a matter of fact they just just don't have those social experience Autism might be a factor, experience might be a factor, you know, just a social community where they feel comfortable might be a factor. All those things might be factors, right? you know, and they just need someone to politely point those whatever traits that I notice off the, off the bat, you know, out so they can work through them in a positive, healthy way. But I understand therapy costs money. And no. I'll just put this out there. Parents, if you're, if your kids, if you think your kids need therapy, if they, if the kids say, Hey mom, and dad, I'd like therapy, please pay for the, pay for the therapy. That's like your job as a, as a parent, especially if you're, if your child is under 18, because they are trying to be mentally healthy and prepared. You know, that is an obligation you have. Like my mom's a therapist, like, and every time, you know, it, it becomes the the problem of the child to pay for the therapy, then the, the, the want to do the therapy is already kind of dismissed because now they feel financial obligation to pay for it and it becomes messy. So, um, I wasn't going to curse, but I'll curse a little bit on this episode so uh no Go for editor. It. um yeah but that's just kind of my um my general mo as far as you know i naturally curse so i don't really care and joe knows this um yeah at this point i feel like i mean you're going to hell anyway so it's fine uh, <laughs> and i give you a platform to talk about your christianity jesus christ <laughs> and there you go taking the lord's name in vain again. <laughs> in any case no but like that's but that's the point is that you know you really do want you use your platform in a very positive way. But a lot of times people don't always know the line between 
leveraging the the benefits that I have, the knowledge I know when I seeing somebody being self-destructive or other destructive, how do I treat them in such a way so that I can actually benefit them and share with them and encourage them to do something that's going to benefit them without doing it in such a way that I'm being a jerk. And that's a hard line for a lot of people to know. And I would say this, you know, again, I don't know that line. Again, it's for a lot of the Christians I know, they go on to one side or another. They're like, okay, every interaction I have with this person is going to be me trying to convince them to go to church or go to therapy or whatever. And then the other side, it's, I don't want to bring anything in up at all because I'm afraid of being that kind of Christian. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Um, what is the ratio for you of somebody being your friend being a relationship with you and if they really feel like you know they have something that they you you have a wrong way of thinking about something that they want to convince you of what is the right way for them to try to convince you of that without being a jerk or being toxic well i have a couple of answers to that the general way is using i feel statements and not hmm. forcing issues so i hmm. feel like so generally speaking this is what therapists you know because again I've, I've been through a lot of my own therapy for my trauma, you know, using I feel statements, it doesn't really, it, it validates your emotions without mm -hmm. making an absolute statement, mm -hmm. generally speaking, again. So like saying I feel attacked versus, or I feel that you hurt my feelings, it kind mm -hmm. of gives room for the other party to be like, I validate your feelings, but I feel this way. Mm -hmm. And then you okay. can get closer to whatever the heart of the issue is. Instead mm -hmm. of, and also just as a note, not trying to go into situations with being emotional yourself if you can help it I understand sure. arguments happen but taking some space taking a walk dealing with hard topics when you feel like you have the spoons as the kids say which is oh my know, gosh a, that's a whole phrase I never heard before oh oh I don't know if you're being sarcastic or no not. I have not no oh my gosh I'm old oh okay well um so the spoon um you can google it later yeah, though, and for people listening but basically spoons is is a read on emotional energy so you have oh. like three spoons and if you use a spoon to do errands take oh, laundry, whatever whatever then you say you have like you, you're out of spoons and or you're you're out of emotional energy and that just means like hey you know, I don't, you're not trying to disengage in whatever conversation, sure. just say, hey, I don't have any spoons right now. Um, we can talk about this at a later time. Oh, that's so that fascinating. Way you're, that, you're, that, so that way you're just not saying something without yeah. dismissing the other party. It's my saying, emotional, it's just another way of saying my emotional battery is, is yes. depleted. Yes. Okay. Right. That's great. I'm that's surprised. A great I'm sorry. I'm really surprised, but that's something I learned about with, because now I have a disability, not in a way that's dismissive, but it's just another beautiful part about being, being me, but I'm pretty at peace with it at this point, sure. but um, it's just another, you know, the PTSD doesn't really go away it just kind of you it just gets easier living with and it mm. didn't like start curbing up like with in and out of intense therapy and relatively recently in the span of the seven years I've had it you yeah. know it's uh it's, it's great being me but anyway um that's something I learned in the in that context but I 
I know it's used in autistic spaces sure. as well. So, you know, just Google like spoon theory is what the Google term is. Or gotcha. YouTube and there's videos about that. You learn but, something new uh, every day. Whoa, even Joe can be taught, but you know, and if people don't understand spoon theory, then they, you can just like Google that and send them a video or something like that. There's multiple videos at this point, but you know, so spoon theory is also a good one, but using the, to, to back, be back on track using the I feel statements mm-hmm. is just a, a general therapy term that can get your emotions read mm-hmm. without really insulting people. Sure. And I've been on the other end where people just insult me, insult me, insult me, insult me. And I'm just like, Hey, you need to stop insulting me. And it's like, well, that's just how I feel. And I'm just like, that might, those, that might be true, but there's never really a cause for insults, hmm. you know? So you just take a breath and be, say, I feel this way based on how I feel you handled this situation. Mm-hmm. And I always try to lead with kindness until people think people start patronizing me, sure. which happens a lot because for me specifically, people watch my videos and they read me as they don't understand that, you know, how I present in a video, just like any, you know, standard comedian sure. at a at a show, they over-exaggerate their personality for the sake of- um, Entertainment value, yeah. And, and yeah, so, you know, it's still me. I, you know, I make, I purposely try to poke fun at myself to show like right. just to, for the sake of the show. The, but they don't understand like, you know, all the work I do on the back end. They don't understand what all the work other people do on the back end. They don't understand that this stuff just doesn't appear in their feed by magic. You right. know, they don't know how the production process works specifically relating to my content or any content, yeah. how movies are made, who knows? So, you know, they, they, their read is, oh, she's, she's nice, but she's unintelligible. And then they start patronizing me based on whatever they feel like I'm, I'm dealing with a situation where someone had a, a vision for like this happening happens a lot where someone had a vision about using my channel my assets and my brand to promote whatever project that they felt they wanted because I have the numbers and (laughs) oh I'm not uploading videos right now anyway so I might as well and they don't really say hey that's you know I'm not just an asset (laughs) for your for your for your thing you're taking my kindness which is advice or feedback or something and you're kind of saying okay well we can work together and I'm like just like I don't know you like you know I don't know who you are I don't know what you do like I'm not gonna risk you know my energy at this point because it's just more well-defined and not as high as it had been before working with someone where I don't know their background I don't know why they want to do this and I don't and it's happened a lot where people view me as an asset to meet yeah. the ends of their needs versus just me as a person first yeah you're, you're, a you're a means rather than an end yeah, yeah. And it's it's disgusting and I can see it a mile and a half away for those playing at home like <laughs> you know and that happens a lot in the fan server well 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 meaning people generally speak sometimes I mean it's it's a minority to be fair but they will go on the fan server not to interact with the fan server in the community and we've worked hard you know having you know social nights every night at this point and you know doing a lot of different fun things but they don't really care about that because they want to they want to use the fan server to interact with me to try to network with me directly because I'm active in there and I'm just like hey politely and I get dms and I'm like hey politely you know, I don't really know you. If you have a problem, you can go to the moderators. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why this isn't really my job to deal with your your sure. personal baggage, essentially. No, totally. For someone I don't know, just in my experience. So I guess to loop it back, therapy is good. And therapy is a way that those behaviors can be pointed out in a 
productive environment. And the other thing too, is because especially in autistic circles, and especially with, you know, all of that information being a lot for the older generation, sometimes, you know what you can do if you go to therapy, you could have group sessions where a therapist will sit down with you and your parent or your guardian or whatever, and have a conversation based on what your concerns are. And from my experience, those help because they validate your feelings with by another adult. So your parent can just can't say, oh, well, that's Jimmy's opinion. And just like the therapist is like, well, that might be Jimmy's opinion, but you're not really answering the question. Are you Karen? I just threw, threw out Karen. I know. Funsies, you yeah. know, I, I all the Karens, myself. all the Karens, the servers being, I want to talk to your manager. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's my brand. Damn it. I can do what I want, <laughs> but um, no. Yeah. So I mean, I like that, that you said a lot of really good, good things there. I think that I, again, I've experienced the same thing, you know, both with therapy and with church. Again, I can throw out a whole bunch of stats showing how church is really good for your mental health, even better in many ways than therapy for your mental health, if you can believe it or not. Um, and I, you know, I just, I, I talked about the statistic earlier. It's like the men who are the least toxic are not the ones who are going to therapy. They're the ones going to church and, you know, well, and hopefully going to they're doing both. <laughs> Yes, I, I promote both. I promote both. But like, you know, as, as a Christian, I'm, you know, again, there's there's all those aspects, but the Christian, I was like, man, having a relationship with Jesus and having a relationship with the king of the God of the universe, it's a loving relationship, would be so good for you. And I think about all my friends who are uh, not Christians. I feel like that all the time. And so I definitely struggle with, I love you and I want what's best for you. And I know that this would be best for you, but how do I love you without being obnoxious in that way about it? Just like a person who's like, okay, how do I love you? Even though I know therapy would be good for you without constantly being a jerk about you needing to go to therapy. And again, one of the, the things that I try to do, and you can tell me, Rachel, and as you've mentioned this, Rachel, is that you're always, it's always coming down to the person is an end and not a means. The relationship right. is what's important, not getting this person on your team. It's like, look, I love Rachel because she's Rachel and I love being friends with her for its own sake. And yes, because I think that being a Christian would be best for her. That is something that I, you know, poke at her from time to time and we have those discussions. But if she doesn't, that's okay because what matters is the relationship first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And that's where all of the, that's that's where all of it comes from. And I feel like for a lot of people, this is also the other thing that you mentioned in your conversations, which I, which again, I try to do a lot. And I, I really, that makes a lot of sense to me is sort of earning the right to give advice that a lot of people right. don't do. Again, online with a stranger you don't know is not the place to convince people that they need to do what you think they should do. You know, it, it takes... A person, because everybody has an opinion about how you should live your life. It takes actually walking with somebody and watching someone for a long period of time to say, oh, you know, th th say, oh, this person actually has credibility with me to if they give me advice, I might actually listen to it. Right. And so, you know, it takes, you know, a lot of credibility to do that. So that's another thing I try to like, look, and John Gottman is from the Gottman Institute, he, what I think he said also is you have to, you know, if you have to have five positive interactions for one po negative interaction, and so it's like, you know, again, majority of any relationship you have with somebody has to be this person is, I love them because I love them because of their person. And if I want to help them in some additional way to be the best version of themselves because I care about them, then that's, unless you're actually in a real life or death intervention, that's a minority of your interaction. 
I guess it's helpful being a, a Jewish person sometimes in these online spaces because I've just been so conditioned and I'm sure this will match a lot of people's other experiences, but I've just been so conditioned to be turned, even before I started making content, before I became, I love Kim Possible a lot, TM, just so disillusioned by the people who try to use religion as a talking point to get to me without yeah. even knowing me. Yeah. And even, it didn't really happen a lot during the actual trauma where people were saying, hey, you need Jesus, unless I'm like in a sarcastic way that I don't remember, which is whatever. But it's just, it's, it's usually a projection because yeah. what's happening in the online spaces is consequences don't really equate actions mm. until a higher authority sees them. So from my understanding, police don't really view online as important hmm. when they should there's not really a, a dedicated cybersecurity. we just as a society haven't caught up to that at, the, at this point so there's predators who facade as real nice guy joe and they you know not not to use joe new joe but like real nice guy tom or whatever and they use that to lure lure victims and minors into their dms and they um do sussy things and if they're caught then they can just make a new account they can just, as long as they don't give any real life information, then no harm, no foul, right? And that's just not bueno, not good. It's the same thing in, in regards from what Joe is describing, I assume, in, in Christian, you know, circles as far as just, or any circles where people are using their Christian identities to be a pre, like to lead yeah. by, to lead someone else and not really leading by example, because you don't know where Tommy, Tommy Joe 505, his relationship with his church or his, yep. you know, mm. anything about his real life stuff. You're just like, so if you want to preach the Bible at, at people you don't know on the internet, then A, that's probably not your place. But if it's, if you feel like it would be helpful, then you can say, hi, you know, my advice would be, and Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong. My advice would be like, hi, you know. I really empathize with how you read this comment or, you know, I wouldn't even like, or how this, this hot take or whatever. I really empathize that, you know, maybe it was worded incorrectly. It personally reminds me of Bible story XYZ, you know, and what protagonists in Bible story XYZ learned that YZ thing, whatever. And that was helpful for me to understand the situ the situation hmm. You know, I hope, you know, me sharing that will be helpful. So use a lot of I feel and me mm. personally and in my opinion, because that way it's just not objectively, you know, Jesus is the absolute. And if you have a different religion that is a re revolved around Jesus, then you are wrong, which happens in a lot of Christian spaces where there's not a lot of diversity because people can talk about diversity and they can talk about the Jewish people and other religions that in online spaces, sure, but they, that doesn't doesn't equal experience with dealing with not dealing but talking to people with diversity in real life and real practice and how to socially do that in an acceptable manner the other part is the harder stay in your fucking lane <laughs> frankly so if you don't know this person then you know and, and if you're especially not go like practice what you preach it sounds like what joe is is kind of saying like if you want to preach the bible at someone do you go to church do you do any of this? Is what are what what is the point of this? Like ask yourself what is the if it's to be helpful and to be kind, that's one thing. But if it's just to be the authoritative figure about this situation because Jesus is your buddy, your personal buddy, not anyone else's, then I'm just like, okay, you're kind of overstepping your boundaries at this point, in my opinion.
would that match your experiences, Joe, or advice, or how do you? Yeah, again, like I think that there is a place to tell people, "Hey, I'm right about this, and you're wrong." I think that those places, certainly on the internet, those places are limited. You know, (laughs) I think that you know one of the things that's really cool is one of the reasons God chose the Jews, He created the Jewish nation, cultures, and people, as He says, is to be a light to the Gentiles, and part of that was the project was let's create a people. And that can show other people, show the goys, you know, what it actually looks you're gonna, like. You're going to have to quote quote that knowledge. You, you might just be pulling it out of your ass. Like, so what, like, what, where, like, how is that part of the, the Christian discussion? Well, so it's, well, you say, you know, let's say, I'll get this, get, I'm getting to that. It's like, but it's to, okay. like, it's to say, it's to say, you know, by showing what it looks like to actually follow God, other people will see and say, oh, we want to imitate that. And so the primary thing, you know, that is as God's project is the way that people actually change is they watch you in your life and then they say, okay, I want to have what you have. How do we be like that? And so most of your witness as a Christian or as anyone is what your faith is having in your life. Again, very few people decide they want to get married because their mom is saying you should get married. Most of mm-hmm. them decide they want to get married because they see their other friends are married and see how happy they are and say, I want some of that. Or they decide not to get married because they're like, okay, I don't want any of what I see over there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, so the most of what you're going to be doing in any space is that. Now, again, if you know you have a platform where your idea is supposed to, you give your opinions on your platform, then sure, give your opinions and then people can follow you or not. You know, yes. But if you're entering other people's spaces in order, it's like, then you have to earn the right to give that advice. You know, you mm-hmm. don't just get to say, well, I'm going to make your life harder by telling you everything you're doing wrong when nobody knows if you actually have any credibility in this matter. So that's what I say is that, is that first and 90% is live by example and say, here's my experience and here's what I know and be in your space. And then 10% is being in the spaces where you're earning the right to give the advice of how other people should live their lives based on the credibility you've gained by how, how you've lived your life and how you've been loving to them. Yeah, and it's I think that's a that's a good general kind of overarching discussion, excuse me, is that it's just it's frustrating because you know people like going to public places to give out bibles mm-hmm. that's that's well meaning for example, sure. but that puts social pressure on the recipient to <laughs> take the bible because if not they feel rude. And you know, there's a difference between doing that versus doing that on a church related event sure. regardless of the the stance. So you know, that's kind of like if it's helpful for you great but maybe find places in your church or in your communities where you can use that positive energy without you know trying to conform other people to your religion if that makes sense there's a time and place for that and i think the the general missionary statement which is you know well-meaning can kind of come off as insulting another person's cultures or religions based on the context and that's a whole other can of worms of discussion (laughs) definitely definitely so do you want to transition to talking about more fandom? It how this applies yeah, to fandom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we got about a half an hour left, so uh, cool, guys. So sounds great. So, so, um, Joe, how would you say this relates to fandom spaces? Oh wow, that's a what a clever segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is interesting. Like, I did some research kind of a while back on the connection between, you know, when fandom gets toxic versus when religion gets toxic. And one of the interesting aspects of consensus was that in religious spaces, 
you know, faith gets toxic, it tends to be like what I discussed earlier, like, are you actually having it change you or are you using it as a weapon? But also like, what is your idea of God? What is he actually like? You know, what do you think about him? Changes how you behave as a religious person. For fandom, what's interesting is it tends to become toxic when people treat it like a religion, like they think it's real, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you know, and, and you can Google this, all the, the psychological study, but it's like, oh, okay, when a writer does X with a character, you know, if they ship these two people, you know, together, then instead of these people that I like, you know, they're not only just doing something interesting with a story, they're doing something, they're doing some harm to real people. And mm -hmm. I think that the thing about religion and fandom is that both religion and fandom are communities that are building around values and ideas and stories. Mm -hmm. And so, and their values, and religious stories that are really deeply important to them. So, and they exist oftentimes in the online space because that's how you are able to find people who the most people who most share your values if they don't live near you. But the problem is also, again, when you have people who are deeply passionate about ideas, values, and stories, and they're interacting in a space where, like you said, they don't experience consequences for bad behavior. Or as Bill Burr says, they're never going to have to fear getting punched in the face for what they say. <laughs> <laughs> then it brings out the worst in them because mm -hmm. they can do and say what they really want to. And the consequences are going to be at least minimal. Because like you said, you know, okay, maybe they'll be booted out of this space. They can find another space to do that. Or they can they can find another name and then come back. You know, the or at the very least, they've really only, their online persona has been hurt. They're like, they're real, their real self is it. So there's some level of protection and anonymity. And that just like road rage, you know, it's like, okay, you're in a car, you feel powerful. You're more likely to be toxic in that way. And mm -hmm. so I think, and, and we can see when people don't believe that they have consequence, when they have deep passions and desires and values, and they don't think they're going to have consequences for that behavior. And they feel like the consequences of silence somehow hurts them. Mm -hmm. uh, they behave in really bad ways. And that's, sort of, that's where right. I've seen a lot of the overlap in religion and fandom happen online. And that's kind of my experience, especially relating to my own trauma is I like, I'm going to name people. I don't, I don't care at this point. Go for it's, it. not her, it's not harassment if it's public information based on a public thing. But that was a lot of my experience with dealing with loss specifically, which she seems like a nice enough person on the surface. But when the second she was having consequences for her actions, the second she was going to be outed for her behavior, she started blaming other people and screaming other people. And it wasn't about the other people. It was the fact that she kind of lied by omission to me. Um, this is all covered in my, uh, the one time I got canceled on the, on the internet video. If, if, you need the context for that. I'm really, I'm not really here to promote it. It just, if you don't have any context uh, for my trauma, because I've covered it a lot, but, and that just seems to be a, a, a general thing where, especially in my experience, because I've had to deal with people that gain platforms and they don't handle those platforms responsibly one way or the other. And it pisses me off because like, regardless of being a Christian or not, I always go to the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility kind yep. of thing. And you have to be willing to call out bad behavior in your circle. And if you're not willing to do that or even address it, then you shouldn't have a platform, frankly, yeah. because you are leading by example. And if everyone is the problem but you, and if I name people 
people that have harassed and gaslit me, then I'm the problem. That's not okay because, you know, that's like, I shouldn't have to be called the because I'm the one who's leading consequences to your actions. It just, you know, that's victim blaming at that point. And um, I'm speaking generally at this, you know, at this point. And it's just frustrating to see that, you know, I won't go into the deets right now because I'm one toxic person at a time in my personal life. But like, you know, with all this, you know, uh, fan server safety reports and stuff like that. But like, I'm I'm seeing behind the curtains of multiple content creators that are at least handling things poorly, mm-hmm. regardless of who they are. And I'm just, it makes me mad because I'm just like, I don't want to have to be the one to, to hold their, their, their coals in the yeah. fire. But at the same time, again, multiple content content creators not speaking about anyone specifically but at the same time they should like it it happens a lot in the artist community where people are working by contracts mm. and because they're working by contracts they don't get things like healthcare mm. or you know, they're not being paid fairly for their time because they're working freelance by contract because that's what they're dealing with and you know that's there's a difference between doing an indie project by contract or doing like a team kp project for me for free versus because you know i don't have any money to pay people frankly, than doing something with a, by a big corporation, by someone who is well off financially, and you're doing something by contract for their benefit, because they're the big creator, and you should be blessed to have that, that even that opportunity to have a big platform. And I'm just like, no, they should know to pay people correctly. And, you know, if, if, if not, then it just it's just a whole other can of worms that I'm just like then treat people like they're not just assets to you and you have to treat them like with respect and not just you know because people can read right through that and like unfortunately the thing about that woke me up about all my traumatic elements is that I think people have using me as a or have used me in the past as a hey like we got to lead this like well because look what happened to kp look what happened the whole fandom turned on her because of misinformation which is technically true but i'm just like yeah but like i it made it's made me like not tolerate anyone's and if they have to be exposed for that like assuming we have credible evidence and not just like he said she said drama you know then i'm just like i don't i don't don't care like let's go like i'm done i'm done i'm done with this being acceptable and if they have if if these people have consequences for their actions then so be it because i'm done with pretending that this stuff is okay because it hurts people regardless if it's on the internet or not because it's hurt me regardless if it's on the internet or not and i'm just tired of people assuming they don't have consequences for their actions because it's internet which is dismissive and disgusting and a toxic f-ing mindset. So, you know, and luckily the pony fandom, from my understanding, is kind of evening it out and they're kind of exposing those toxic people now that time has gone past and like the, the community has kind of reached its high point and kind of evening out, which is good. But I, I feel frustrated because I shouldn't have to, I should not have had to be the catharsis for that. And by that extension, I'm not a weakened trauma bird who can't handle her own because I'm triggered. Like I get triggered constantly, every day, all the time, forever. But that doesn't mean I'm helpless or dumb, frankly. So I know this was kind of a parade, but it's just in my experience, I just get so tired of other content creators being a content creator myself with a sizable audience, like that, that, that they think that's okay because it's not yeah and you know it's frustrating because like the other part of it too is like when it hit the fan we did a like a testimony video with all the staff saying like how they felt about being on the team and 
you know, and no one had a bad thing to say and no one was forced to say anything either. But I'm just like, wow, you know, if this was all just for nothing, this was all just because some child who who still works in the industry, by the way, uncomfortably, you know, wanted wanted to project onto someone else to seem cool. And, you know, once I realized that, then I was like, oh, man, this, this seems to happen a lot, doesn't it? Like, you know, there's a difference between call, being called out for bad things and having a smear campaign be out of convenience to another party, especially if the evidence is shady to non-existent at, at best. So... Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things, I mean, you know, you see in these online spaces, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, a lot of this in like in the Christian community, you have the online spaces about these, you know, we, we call them the Theo bros, where the, the Theo bros, yes, <laughs> um, a lot of them are like, you know, these Christian men who, you know, I hear I'm, I'm all into the Christian masculinity thing, you know, but they're like, they, they're really into it. And like, it's their entire personality. And you look at them, and it's like, okay, like, you, you actually look at peaks into like, what they look like and what it seems like their life is actually like. It's like, oh, you don't actually live up to the ideas of masculinity you actually have. And so- Bro, what, do you even lift? Yeah, I mean, they don't actually. And it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, and it's it's the thing, It's and it's like, so what you're doing, what you're doing is you're creating an online persona in order to fill the deficit of what you don't have in your own life. And that's what a lot of people are doing is like, I don't have power in my own life. They did some studies, Tim Keller did a couple of articles on this, about how most people who are really online a lot don't have a very happy offline life. Because, of mm -hmm. course, if they had a happy offline life, unless they, like, this is their profession, then, of course, the reason they're online is because it's their work. But other than that, right. if most people who are online a lot, if you had a good on offline life, you wouldn't be online so much. And, right, right. And it's like they they do, they have weakness, they have unsatisfactory. And so they do, but what they have is if they're online a lot, that means they get to take up attention space. And take up attention space actually gives them kind of power and power over other people that they don't have in their actual life. And again, because they can have a voice that they don't have in their real life online. And because these are communities that people care about, that gives them kind of power over other people, but they don't really mm -hmm. have other places. Again, if you have the connection of common values that people are very passionate about, common stories, and what's the third thing is common values, common stories, common belief, uh, something like that. Then if you can gain power in that community, you gain power over other people's loves, their values, their passions, and mm -hmm. their beliefs, and then you have power over them. And so people do, and if it's something as trivial as, as something trivial as a cartoon, but it's like just, it's, mm -hmm. you know, as again, those are really great, but it's like, oh, like I am king of the DuckTales online community. It's like, great, that's awesome. But like, whether it's- as Who cares? <laughs> yeah, as trivial as that, or as, oh, I've risen in the ranks of a megachurch. People are trying to, again, going to sound super Christian here. People are trying to build their own kingdom rather than God's kingdom. And when you're trying right. to build your kingdom rather than God's kingdom, it means anybody who threatens your power threatens the only kingdom you have. But if you're trying to build God's kingdom, then what that means is that even if you personally lose your power, you are still contributing to a good kingdom that you have a place in. Right. Again, because we're talking specifically about online fandoms and online spaces, I'm kind of you know, going in this direction, but 
is that people who don't feel like they have a kingdom they're a part of, that they have a place in, that they're part of the body of Christ or body of whatever it is, that that's an important place. People don't have that. They try to find that online and they haven't done the formation work of actually changing so that they get the things that they want in ways that don't harm themselves and harm others because that only comes through real life communities. And I think that's kind of like, not to be like, oh, I'm the good person or anything like that. But like my MO has always been for those who are new to the podcast or anything, welcome. But my (laughs) MO has always been a creator. This is our artistic platform, like an artistic Mm. outlet for me that is fun. But the contrast that people haven't gotten over the years is that, again, I am a exaggeration of my my personality in real life. Like I am my character, but I'm also kind of, you know, that that's not me at face value. I don't like scream like fandom into the void at Walmart or in public or stuff like that. Like that just isn't socially acceptable, frankly, but also like that's just not who I am. And it's just and I get I, I, I rant to Joe all the time because we're friends in real life. But like that was the always the point with the team is just like I just want to make cartoon videos like I don't want to deal like like I don't mind dealing with it I'm happy to give people a a safe space especially if they're a victim of a bad thing or you know they're ostracized or I'm happy to do that but at the same token it's just like when when that stuff crosses my path and you know it personally takes up my spoons if we're using that mythology or terminology, I should say. And I'm just like, man, I just want to make cartoon videos on the internet, you know, that we're working on, that we're restructuring the team. So it's a little bit like complicated of this recording. But anyway, we're still working on content. We always will like, you know, I'm not going to give up on the channel or anything, but it's just like, I just want to make cartoon videos. I don't want to deal with all this extra baggage of, of, of all this other stuff that I don't really, things I have to learn about that I didn't even think were things until people are like, oh, that's a thing. And I'm just like, why does that have to be why 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 is there such why is there even a term for this thing you know and it's just like especially with like a lot of the you know people being racist online or people being misogynists online i'm just like can't we just i just want to make cartoon videos i just i came here making the pony my little pony videos like i don't you guys are grown adults you should know better kind of thing so i i think we joke about my ego a lot you know in general but my but I don't really have an ego and being KP is a very I mean Joe you can testify but like I'm not trying to say that as a as a as a deflect but you know I just at the end of the day I wanted to I want to make cartoon videos I seem to be good at it and it's just hard when other things complicate the just wanted to make the cartoon videos thing and especially when there's and then toxic people just generally speaking Mm -hmm. so if you feel like you're toxic like what are (laughs) I guess well a Joe what is what is your general look not to have you as a direct character witness but like would you say that matches your experience based on the things that i mean being friends for 10 years or yeah like look i think in order to be an artist who self-promotes the way you have to and believes in your own work and believes in it you have to have the ego the size of a small planet to a certain degree <laughs> um and thanks, i thanks you're really you're really you're really selling me here joe look i say this about myself too i think okay. i have this uh, an ego the size of a small planet because i'm like look i mean we my my co-host and i and overthinkers joke all the time because we're like you know it's like you know what the world needs 
another podcast by two white guys telling people what they think uh, about <laughs> life and so like that. It takes a certain amount of cojones to say like, oh, no, you shouldn't listen to other people. You should listen to me instead. You know, that's but I don't see that as a criticism. You know, I think mm-hmm. being somebody who has a big ego that lacks empathy you know, can be a criticism, but that's a different yeah. thing than saying a person has a, a, a big ego. I think you do have a big ego. And I think that you also have a self-awareness and I think you care about other people. And I think the empathy with other people. And I think that that's, and I think you also, again, but again, you also look at yourself and ask, how do I be better? What might I be doing wrong? What might I be doing wrong? How can I be better? How can I love people better? And that's, I think what people should be asking. And I think that a lot of times people look at somebody who has confidence when they lack it and they yeah i i think the word is confidence that that i was i was fishing for <laughs> i'm just like you actually have an ego and i'm like joe that wasn't that <laughs> wasn't what i was that was the opposite of what i was trying to get you to no but like but I, 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 i'm confident i'm confident about you are, who I you, am are, co- you are confident you're extremely confident and that's a good thing and that's yeah and people, but you also are very open to self. You're also constantly self-critical, which is also a good thing because that's okay. how you earn your confidence. And I think people look at confidence a lot of times and, you know, again, look, Rachel's not perfect. And I know that, and I'm not perfect. That's, you know, but. Uh, oh no, I'm not perfect. Oh no. But, um, he exposed me. I know. Yeah. She's been, yeah. It's just like, you've heard it here first folks. But people look at people who have confidence and who have had some modicum of success. And this is, again, another thing. One of the things is that people say, if somebody is confident and successful, I have to figure out why they must be doing something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if not, then it means there's something wrong with me if I don't have those things. Mm -hmm. And that's a really toxic thing. I don't even say, I mean, you know, I've heard, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. But I've heard from enough people who, you know, from enough uh, Jewish content creators and friends of mine, that to me is one of the roots of anti-Semitism because it's like, why are the Jews doing so well and I'm not? And even though we've put so many roadblocks in their place, they're still kicking all of our butts. And it's like, because they're doing something right and you're not. And you should feel maybe a little bit bad about yourself to maybe get better. Right. I mean, whoa, that's a, that wasn't where I was going. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just education and just access to education, which yeah. should be, so, it's a whole other, it's a whole other thing. Like, yeah, but I've, I, yeah. To your point, I'll say like, you know, again, if you are asking the question, okay, am I toxic? And, 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 and just for yourself, am I toxic? Do I have toxic things? First of all, you're already on your way out. If you're asking the question, what's wrong with me? To bring it back to my boy, Jesus, my (laughs) king and lord and savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, The boy. (laughs) Yes. Um, If, you know, he said, look, take the log out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of somebody else's. Mm -hmm. 90%, again, it's like, you know, or as Ted Lasso said, be curious, not judgmental. Now, I don't think you should never be judgmental, but you should be curious first. And I'm not saying you should never call out somebody else for their toxic behavior. But 90% of your time should be focused on, okay, what can I be doing better to be a better person? And mm-hmm. if you're on that journey already saying, okay, what can I do? How can I, what am I, mistakes am I making? You're already ahead of 90% of all toxic people. And I think I would say, first of all, ask your friends what you could be doing better. Like what uh, people who you know and trust, what can you be doing better? What ways can you improve? And then go with the trusted ways of getting better. Again, if you are religious, be more dedicated to the rituals of your religion that are designed to help you grow and become a better person. Be 
further mm-hmm. in your religious community be, go to church more go to synagogue more whatever if if that's the and go to therapy more go work out more go improve yourself all the different areas in which life in which a person can be a better person learn to engage further with those things and don't be depressed even though the more you engage with those things the more aware of your own flaws you're going to be for a time mm-hmm. again you never feel weaker than when you're going to the gym when you start out because right. you're actually getting exposed to those weaknesses you're sore your muscles are sore but that's actually a sign you're getting better at improving so don't feel bad that you're exposing your weaknesses feel good that you're actually growing and changing and so that's what i would say is just go down the path of and be okay with the criticism people comes with people saying okay what's wrong with you like here's you know be okay with asking your friends what's what are my flaws and Mm -hmm. then having them list all of them because those are that's that's you weight training that's you getting figuring out okay this is the actual process of becoming a better person and then you will be i will say this you will feel worse than everybody else because you don't see everybody else's flaws and you see your own but you will actually be so much better than 90 percent of the population that is not doing these things right and then i'd say if you like i think a good general point is just go to therapy talk to your parents about therapy um regardless if if you feel like you're on on the autism spectrum or like feel like you're disabled in any way maybe have that on, on like do your own research about that separately and then have that conversation about that because like at the end of the day like if you're what they what the kids call terminally online and you don't feel like you have a lot of real life friends or feel like people that you have that you get you then therapy is probably a good first step but you know that also might be the root of bigger issues because you know like if you're you know if you're watching a lot of cartoons at you know in your 20s i'm not i mean i do it too i'm not shaming you but i'm just saying that might be a cataclysm of you know potentially being on the spectrum that's a whole different conversation but therapy is a good place to start regardless if you're religious or not. Um, if you feel like your your behavior might be isolating people, whether you mean it to or not. Because like if you feel uncomfortable asking those hard questions to people that you trust, which is fair because it's, if those are hard conversations to have, then therapy might be a good, easier stepping stone than just working out at the gym for six hours if we're doing the gym analogy, essentially. Sure. So. Well, and I'll say this is that, you know, we have a lot of research now that shows that have, being part part of a real life communities is one of the most important things you can do for your mental health you know again Mm -hmm. and and so you know you what you're the community and the power and the status and whatever that you're trying to find online you won't find it it's almost like you mean you might be able to find some friends that you can take off offline and build those Mm -hmm. relationships with and that's great but every single generation since the silent generation has been more depressed and anxious than the one before And that's Mm -hmm. even with all of the social improvements that we've made against racism and sexism and all of the the wider acceptance of therapy than we've ever had before, even with all that. And the reason is because we aren't in the kind of tight-knit real-life relationships we used to have. We're going away from those further and further as a society. And so I think- I think COVID didn't help, not to interrupt, but COVID didn't help. Sure, that, that sped up the process. But again, it's been each generation prior to that was, was happening. But yeah, we are more online and less in real life than we are before. And so I would say one of the things to ask yourself, if you don't think you're toxic, ask yourself, like, how online are you and how offline in your relationships are you? And maybe say, okay, I'm actually going to have to put in the work of making myself more offline than online. And then see, you know, again, 
therapy good is good, but like make sure that whatever you're doing, your offline life is a life of more flourishing than it is your online life. Cause that is, we know that is going to make you happier than you are right now if you are online too much. Right. And then, you know, if the, the good thing about therapy stuff is there's also group therapy. So you can meet people through group therapy that might have be going through similar struggles. But the other part of it too, is they might like conventions are always there regardless if I'm going or not, you know, it's not about me, but like, if you feel like you're best in a community where you can cosplay or you can go oh, yeah. like, get excited about panels or stuff like those, those opportunities are there too. You know, if you feel like you feel comfortable seeking them out. Yeah. And do it, do find ones in your area because then you might, actually be able to make friends that can be you don't have to just see at conventions right and the alternative too is that if you feel like like your online friends can become real life friends but you have to meet them first yeah you have to to bring them offline yes yeah a convention is a great place to meet your online friends and environment that is safe so they're not they don't turn out to be serial killers which is you know I also a thing yes I've been doing pony cons for a long time and general cons for a a longer time all of them combined and usually that is the minority and if you um you know so I don't want to say just trust people blindly but just be careful and you know lead with an air of caution but you know (laughs) that is socially acceptable if people split rooms at conventions or people split hotel rooms at conventions to be able to go afford to go to the gotcha yeah that is part of the culture and as as long as all parties are consenting adults you know usually nothing bad in my experience nothing bad happens in there besides sleeping unless that is a precondition anyway yeah as long as your boundaries are met saying hey you know i'm just here for the convention and to sleep and vibe and hang out with my friends then you know i think that be clear about where you're be clear about your expectations yes correct yeah (laughs) yeah without getting into the nitty-gritty of it and then then parents if you're listening then conventions are also a great way to meet people people but you know parental supervision probably wouldn't hurt like if you're if you and you know your 16 year old have an online friend that they want to meet at a convention yeah. maybe just supervise Yeah, if they're underage home. definitely advise the parents to go with them at least the first couple times yeah 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 so because that's a whole different that's a whole other thing yeah yeah cool so i think I think um I think thanks for the the discussion Joe hopefully we can help some yeah. people become less toxic whoa Yeah hopefully <laughs> this has been helpful for people you know who want to become less toxic and who want to be able to observe and 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 understand other people and how to avoid recognize and avoid uh, people who are toxic or hold them accountable hopefully it's just given you an education on this Yeah yeah. Regardless if you're Christian or not, if, yeah. you, if you're not Christian and you're not, yeah, hopefully it was at least entertaining. <laughs> maybe under, maybe again, maybe you understand, can understand better, you know, how to tell, you know, your Christian friends or the people, Christians, you know, uh, recognize, you know, where, oh, this is why they're being toxic, or this is where it's coming from. And this is how to recognize somebody who's not, or somebody who means well versus somebody who doesn't mean well. Hopefully it's helpful in that regard as well. Right, right. So I think we can we can wrap if that's cool with you. Where can people find you and or when am I going to be on your podcast, Wink Wink Nudge Nudge? People can find me on my website, josephholmstudios.com. They can also find the podcast, you know, wherever podcast, Overthinkers podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Also at the, the overthinkersjournal.world. They can also find my culture, the my culture criticism, my film criticism at religionunplugged.com. And since you didn't ask me any other questions i will leave it there okay well do you have anything you'd like to say to the the audience of like whatever people watch the 
the listen to the podcast i don't i don't know it's it's kind of a gamble every every episode <laughs> yeah i should say you know look i appreciate you guys trying to engage with how to be better people and how to uh, love what you love in a way that loves uh yourself and loves others in the way that you ought to and yeah i would love if you found what we were saying interesting i'd love for you to check out my stuff but also just good good on you for trying to be a non-toxic presence in a often toxic world that is valid af but okay i guess i'll wrap for for me so well i hope this episode was i hope i get some of your 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 people over here because i think they might be interested in this this conversation you got you got a podcast award right yes i did yeah we got a podcast the content christian media conference award for best podcast which i have to say very well deserved, you know, not to put, <laughs> not to, you know, I, I say this with total un- lack of bias. They made the right choice. <laughs> but no, we're really Got grateful. It. Really grateful. It's really, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so exciting. So anyway, if you're new to me, hi, I'm, like I said at the beginning, I'm, I love Kim Possible a lot, KP for short, Rachel, if I, I know you. Or frankly, at this point, because sometimes people will use that as a, as a, like, oh, I know her real name. Just like, I don't know you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I have a YouTube channel, YouTube channels vibing. We're working on content, but we're probably going to be back up for like a month of this recording. I have, I, I'm, I'm pretty active on the Twitter, even though Elon Musk is kind of being an idiot. So I'm still probably be there for a a hot minute until something goes wrong so twitter i do art commissions if you want to pay me money for art i do art i have a minor in studio art so i i do the good art let's see uh, my biggest thing right now is my discord community so hello if you like free things we have a free community discord it's called i love compossible lot fan server that's that's all it's called right now it's in my linkedin i promote it all the time on my twitter it's on the about page of my youtube it's 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 out there it's a public and free server and we host free games and movies there every night at this point including hosting the premiere of rick and morty via sling so that will be a live premiere which so if you want to watch it for free you can so that's been where the majority of my attention has been over the last month is optimizing the the discord server which i'm very happy with so if and obviously that is i'm pretty adamant about that being a non-toxic space so if you have any incidents where that make you feel uncomfortable please talk to a mod you know we're happy to kick people out for being icky with with proof and validation if there's not proof we'll keep an eye out so you know it is a safe place i have pretty high trauma so if you have the trauma then it's a safe space where we have and we have group support sessions too so if you want just a place to vibe and meet friends then i can't recommend that i love people in there as you know, I like having a safe space that I can interact with people that enjoy the, the content and the, the the channel and the work that we do. So, and and making friends regardless of me, I'm going to trick everyone to making friends with each other. So speaking of non-toxicity, if you'd like to be friends with other people on the internet, then go there. It's free. I think that's, and then this is episode 90. So the podcast is called Animation Communication. If you liked it, then we have a, a bunch in the backlog already. So including a couple episodes with Joe in the past that I mentioned at the beginning. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Well, we'll see you next time on the podcast. I'm sure Joe will be back regardless because it's it's convenient. I like attention. You like attention too. Okay, good, good boy. Here's your treat. Um, yeah.
Yeah. And yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Animation Communication. New outro. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting provider. We are really hoping the show makes a difference in how people view animation, as well as media as a whole, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like and want to join the animation and media industry. If you like what you heard, please remember to show support by giving a like, a follow, rating those 5 stars, as well as subscribing to our main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube, and turn your notifications on. New episodes of Animation Communication come out every Wednesday at 6am EST on podcasting platforms and 4pm EST on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the KP Podcast for information on upcoming guest episodes and more, as well as our hosts KP and Lyle Convoy at I Love KP a Lot and at Lyle Manbad on social media. I'm Lucy and thank you for being a part of our community. See you next time on Animation Communication.